everyone, I'm Taffney Hopper, and you're listening to Talking Nonprofits, a podcast about the world of nonprofits. Follow along so you too can learn how to make a difference in your community. Today on the Talking Nonprofits podcast, we have guest Anthony Tomaszewski. Anthony is the Chief Executive Officer for the Boys and Girls Club of El Paso, a community-based organization that provides young people with a fun, safe, and constructive environment when they are not at home or school. Welcome to the podcast, Anthony. Glad to be here. Uh, Let's get right into it. Tell me the story of the beginnings of the Boys and Girls Club in El Paso. So the Boys and Girls Clubs have been part of our community since 1929. And it is my understanding that really it was the vision of a couple of individuals started with, you know, a couple of basketballs and some boxing gloves in the basement of the Lydia Patterson Institute, really just trying to find a place for boys to be, keeping boys uh, off the streets. And I, and I stress that boys over and over because officially girls were not members of the boys club until 1990-91. Then we became the boys and girls clubs of El Paso. Girls were invited into the clubs for specific activities, but it, it, it was started with, how are we going to keep these boys off the streets? How are we going to keep these boys out of trouble? And then I think, uh, some wisdom occurred in 1990-91 saying making officially girls a part of the club would be much better for everyone. And I'm so glad they did, the Boys and Girls (laughs) Club. (laughs) So um, prior to being the CEO of the Boys and Girls Club, you did a lot of impressive work with youth, such as working with juveniles and residential treatment, which helped individuals earn a GED and obtain employment. You were a teacher, a principal, interim assistant superintendent for special education. But what led you to be a part of this nonprofit world? So, you know, I've always been involved with nonprofits within our community. I I sit on various boards, but specifically my interest in the Boys and Girls Clubs of El Paso uh, stemmed from being a principal. And, you know, when when I was a principal, I knew that kids were safe from 7 to 4.30 the whole time that they were at school. But really, my concern was what happens to kids when they go home? Who makes sure that they're getting their homework done, that they have a hot meal, all of those pieces? You know, some some parents are are working and really don't have the ability as they're trying to provide for their families to, to ensure that they're there all the time. And that's the one piece that the Boys and Girls Club really, we, we make sure that every kid's got a safe place to be. We make sure every kid gets their homework done. We make sure every kid gets a meal. So it was really that missing piece. And it's really what drew me to, to making sure uh, that, that I was a part of the Boys and Girls Club. What are you most proud of, of the Boys and Girls Club in El Paso? You know, there's just such a rich history of, of Boys and Girls Clubs in El Paso. One of the things to, to share with you, Tiffany, is that We are not the oldest active Boys and Girls Club. Boys and Girls Club founded in 1860, as I mentioned earlier, but we are the oldest active Boys and Girls Club in its original location. And I say that because we've been in Segundo Barrio since 1929. Other Boys and Girls Clubs have moved on to bigger and better, you know, continuing to serve, but not in their original building. And that's that's a point of, of pride for us to say that we've been in Segundo Barrio since 1929. Now, I know that you guys have a Boys and Girls Club at Fort Bliss, right? Is that correct? Yeah, I have like a, I guess like an off part of it at Fort Bliss. Do you guys, how closely do you work with, with the Fort Bliss Boys and Girls Club? 
So Boys and Girls Clubs of America has a relationship with all of the military bases, uh, very important uh, that, we, that we're, we're providing those services all over the world. The military clubs are a little different. I, you know, I'm the CEO of nine clubs in El Paso and not of the, the Fort Bliss Club, but it is important for us to, to have that partnership, obviously to work together. We have the same mission we, we want to serve a lot of the, the same children, those, those military children. I mean, I was a military brat, so it's important for me to make sure that we take care of those military kids. Yeah, yeah, because my son was a part of, of the Fort Bliss and I saw, you know, the Boys and Girls Club partnership. So that's why I wanted to ask that question, but let's move on. How did COVID-19 affect the Boys and Girls Club and how did the organization, uh, how are you guys rebounding from it? You know, who knew that over a year ago we would be in the situation that we were in? As COVID-19 started, we were actually in spring break. So we, we had a week of training planned for spring break and our intention was, okay, the, the kids are out, we're going to do all our training, we're going to do all our updates, we're gonna prepare for the kids to come back. And the next thing you know, COVID-19 hits. Uh, once that happened. So then the plan was, okay, so we've got an additional week for training, right? Because we thought, oh, a week or two, the, the, the kids will be back. And uh, as you know, uh, that, that is not how, how history happens. So the moment that we realized this was going to have to be extended, it was actually a game changer for us, right? Because our, our mission is ensuring that every child has a safe place to be after school. And so we're used to having kids run through our doors. And all of a sudden we realized that if we were going to provide services, especially during shelter in place and all of those different pieces that we would have to move into a virtual club system. We were able to quickly pivot and, and try and see, okay, how are we going to provide these services for kids? In the beginning, it was a little tougher. We weren't prepared for that. We didn't have the technology to do that, you know? And I think, even if you talk to individuals in the community now, everybody knows what Zoom is, right? I mean, it's like, that, that's what everybody does. But, but prior to the pandemic, that, that wasn't the norm. Like, let's, let's have a Zoom meeting. Let, you know, let's, let's meet via Zoom. So that really changed uh, things for us. Um, as a result of the pandemic, obviously we wanted to make sure that we were still serving children within our community, which was very important. And so we, we put a system in place where we actually have our staff members come in uh, once a week and they're preparing kits to drop off to the kids. So our students have been receiving kits every week since the pandemic. And then via Zoom, they log in and it's like, okay, Tiffany, take out Ziploc bag number one. This is our healthy habits snack that we're going to work on today. Okay, take out Ziploc bag number two. We're gonna work on our STEM activity. Tomorrow, we're gonna start with bag number three. So each of those pieces, just really ensuring that we could still provide that level of service and also making sure because now, you know, children are not in the classroom, how do we additionally provide that academic support and even being able to do the tutoring over Zoom, you know, for, for a lot of kids and, and understandably so, when you are in the classroom and you're struggling with a concept, it's real easy to raise your hand if you're a little shy or have the teacher come check your work and whisper into your ear, oh, wait a minute, you know, you made some mistakes here with your addition problem or your multiplication is off. But now when you're on Zoom, everybody sees you, everybody can hear you. And so 
we really wanted to make sure that we, we provided some small group tutoring where kids would feel comfortable saying, you know what, I don't understand this or I need some additional help. That's great. You know, this month is Autism Month. It's also the month of the military child. There's so much going on in April. It's also Volunteer Month. There's so much. But let's focus more on the autism part. I kind of digressed it a little, but there's a lot going on this month. With Autism Month, in 2020, the CDC reported that approximately one in 54 children in the U.S. is diagnosed with an autism spectrum disorder, according to the 2016 data. What are some strategies that the Boys and Girls Club is have, have implemented for students with autism? First, Stephanie, I also want to say that uh, Boys and Girls Club Month is also in April. So yes, there, there are a lot of great things that are, that are happening this month. But, you know, our, our children, any type of, of child with special needs for Boys and Girls Clubs, it's just important that we serve children overall, right? And you mentioned earlier in my bio that I, I was the interim assistant superintendent for special education, is actually a special education teacher, a uh, special education director. So children with special needs have a special place in my heart. And, you know, children with, that are on the autism spectrum, there's such a, a broad range of of where they fall and meeting those needs, uh, just brilliant and, and gifted children. For us, we wanna make sure that no matter what, if you are age six to 18, we, we are serving you and we are meeting your needs. And we, we do anything for a child on the spectrum that we would for anybody else. Um, we also make sure that we provide training for staff, right? There are some different things depending on where children fall on the spectrum. Some children have difficulty with loud noises. So sometimes that's just doing some things to adapt, allowing uh, the children we serve to wear headphones, those noise canceling headphones during specific activities. And there's a lot of, a lot of easy things. And also us working on some of the socialization aspects and, and each of those pieces, but they participate. Students on the autism spectrum participate in all of our activities from summer camp to in-person and now also uh, virtually as well. Now let's talk a little bit about managing the Boys and Girls Club from the executive officer perspective. I understand the important role of, of board of management to provide oversight and fulfillment of nonprofit organizational's mission. But what are some good characteristics to being a great board member? Could you elaborate on that? Yes, I, I will tell you that one of the biggest pieces in, in being a board member is we're always looking for individuals that actually want to serve on a board and not sit. That's what I tell all of my board members as we go over the job description, each of those pieces, just making sure that individuals are engaged and that, that it's a good fit, that it's something that they're passionate about. It's something that they want to work towards to, to make a difference. I mean, obviously, board members are volunteers. And so making sure that, that organizations are a good fit and we're capturing that piece. And then once we have that in place, we're always looking for those board members that are going to be the, they're going to be a part of what I like to call the three A's. It's really being the ambassador, the asker, and the advocate, right? Making sure that, that a board member, anywhere they go, that they're talking about the great things that are happening with, within our community. You know, Albertsons is a great place. Stephanie, if you ever see me in line at Albertsons, I'm going to tell you what's happening at, at the Boys and Girls Club. That's just, that, that's where we are. And we want those board members that are going to do the same thing. They're really going to be that ambassador talking about, hey, did you know that uh, Boys and Girls Clubs is getting ready to start 
summer programming and they're super excited because they're actually going to do some in-person things and they've got a great relationship with the El Paso Rhinos. And so kids are going to be able to go ice skating during summer camp. And they also have a relationship with the tennis angels who are gonna take the kids to play tennis. And for some of our kids, that's the first time that they've ever held a tennis racket. So really being that, that big ambassador and then also sometimes being out there doing the ask, right? So, you know, I sit on the board for the boys and girls clubs. And one of the things that they're trying to do is really redo the club, one of the clubs, so that when the kids walk through the door, they have a whole new experience and they see new things. And so did you know that they have an Amazon wish list? You can go online and help them uh, provide something different for, for the kids that they're serving. So it's that asker, right? Saying they've got the Amazon wish list, go online because it would be really important when those kids walk through the doors and you see them smile like, wow, this place is for me. You got this for me. Yes, we did. You know, we've been preparing for you all along. So that that big piece. Also, just being a big advocate, right? When we talk about all of the things that are that are happening in our community, why is Boys and Girls Clubs important? Why do we need Boys and Girls Clubs? Why do we want to make sure that kids have a safe place to be? So the, those are that's the important role for a board member. Okay. How are you recruiting these great board members? So honestly, uh, the way that we're recruiting board members is we're 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 looking for great individuals within our community. And sometimes that'll happen like through a specific event. It can be at an event and, and meet a, a volunteer there and starting to have a conversation saying, oh, you're, you're interested in, in helping to serve. You'd like to do more, each of those pieces. Uh, interestingly enough, I will tell you our current executive committee, every individual on the executive committee was either a club kid, so an actual Boys and Girls Club uh, member, or their parent was a Boys and Girls Club member. So our president, Mauro Monsi's vice, his father was uh, very active as a child in the Boys and Girls Clubs. Our vice president, his uh, father actually attended Club Petty. And so that, that's how he became involved. Our treasurer was a, was a club kid. So he is the chief nursing officer for the hospitals of Providence. And uh, obviously, he knows the importance of, of what it meant to him, our secretary. She was also a club kid and talked about her experience. So just getting those individuals involved. Okay. What type of impact does a great board have on the Boys and Girls Club or any nonprofit? What, what type of impact does a great board have? As an individual that, that has a great board for their organization, I could tell you the impact is immense, right? None of us are, are as smart as all of us. None of us are as strong as all of us. So in order for any organization to, to function, it's really everyone coming together as a team and everyone coming together as a family. Everybody that, that, that sits at the table, everybody that is part of our board has a, a special skill set that they really bring just in the knowledge. And also, you know, we're, we're talking about individuals that are, that are passionate, and that serve and that, that want to make a difference, whether that's, you know, how can we help support and spread that mission or even doing the hands-on pieces like we're going to repaint the club today. They're there, you know, they're, they're first in line to, to paint the club and, and make each of those pieces happen. You know, a lot of, a lot of things have been going on with, with the diversity of our community, diversity of, of just our workplaces. How, how would you 
involve diversity in your board or in your organization? How can you increase diversity there? Diversity is, is a real important piece of, of everything that we do. Obviously, the children that we serve within this community are a very diverse group. And I think it's important for children to see people that, that look like them, people that are like them, people that they feel they can aspire to be, people they can relate to. And so obviously, the more diverse of a board we can have, the, the better off that, that an organization can be. I think, you know, that's what makes El Paso one of the, the great places that it is. It's, it's, a, it's a huge melting pot and there are so many different individuals. And uh, I, I will share a little story with you that I, I thought was interesting. You know, I mentioned the Rhino hockey players. Yes. Uh, the Rhino hockey players came to visit and spend some time with the kids. And, and in all honesty, it was really cute they come from all over the world. So you're talking about players from Russia, from Germany, from you, you name it, they're, they're from everywhere. And one of the players uh, was, you know, English is not his first language. And one of the little kids came to me and he was like, mister, he can't speak English and he has blonde hair and blue eyes. And, you know, just explaining to kids that we all come from different places. It's not just the blonde hair and blue eyed people that, that speak English, right? So just sharing those, those experiences with our kids and making sure that they have great role models from all different cultures, from all different areas, from you know different parts of the country, different parts of the city. Uh, everybody's got a story to tell and we wanna make sure that, that our kids have that opportunity to, to hear that, see that and experience that. Okay, what do you hope to see? I know with COVID, you guys are bouncing back, you're rebounding. What do you hope to see it if, Everybody gets their vaccinations. What do you hope to see the Boys and Girls Club a year from now? What things would you like to see within the organization? Honestly, the, the, the first thing that I'm dying to see is just kids running through our doors. You know, just that loud noise of seeing those in-person kids. It's been, it's been so hard. The, the kids are resilient. They do really well with the virtual environment. I think it's the adults that don't like we miss that interaction that that one on one with the with the kids. Uh, they're used to it. So the first thing that I want to see is just that in person, the hustle and bustle, the noise of the kids, all of those pieces. And then obviously for for me, the the next thing that I want us to do is expand into more locations. The more boys and girls clubs we have in different areas of the city, the more children we can serve. The, the bigger the difference that we can make. When I started with the Boys and Girls Clubs almost four years ago, so August 7th will be my fourth year, we had four clubs. We now have nine. I want to make sure that uh, for any child that wants to attend our club, that there's one nearby and it's available. And so that that's an important piece to me. If you, you know, you can talk to individuals within our community and they will tell you the importance of Boys and Girls Clubs and, and what, it, what it's meant for them. On a national level, you know, Denzel Washington, he has said over and over, the only reason why he's alive today is because of the Boys and Girls Clubs. Or, you know, Jennifer Lopez, she has said, Boys and Girls Clubs taught her to dance. That's where she learned to dance, but that's not why she is Jennifer Lopez and J-Lo. The reason why she is successful is because Boys and Girls Clubs taught her to believe in herself. And so I just wanna make sure that we're providing that opportunity for kids in our community. Uh, if you're a big WWE uh, fan, uh, Sin Cara, the wrestler, is from El Paso and he actually attended Club Petty and he's come to talk to the kids. And you know, he's, he's told the kids before, 
I've sat on that same gym floor that you're sitting. And if you want to be successful, if you want to do this, if you want to do that, these are the pieces you need to do. Make sure you're paying attention in school, do your homework, you know, do those things in order to ensure that, that our children are successful. Where can our community get involved? How can they get involved? So there are many ways uh, to get involved and we would love to have them. Any type of, of volunteer. So a big commitment that I have for community volunteers is if, you, if you're interested in volunteering, maybe you math is your passion. Um, you can come down and we can make you a math tutor. If you say, oh, I want to volunteer, but anything but math, but I love reading or I love science. Oh, great. We can get you involved with some of our STEM activities. Or if your passion is sports, we can get you involved with, with sports. Uh, if your passion is music, we're, you know, we're, we're looking for a guitar teacher. I, I think there are a lot of opportunities, right? And then the other piece is for individuals that maybe they don't, uh, they don't have the, t the physical time to give, but they also want to help and make a difference. Um, we're always looking for donations. We couldn't do what we do in this community if it wasn't for the very big and, and generous hearts. So if there's individuals that want to sp sponsor our power hour to make sure that kids get their homework done, that would be greatly appreciated. Or someone that just wants to take something off of our wish list so that our kids can have a, a, touch, a top notch club easy. So there, there's, a, there's a lot of ways to, to get involved. And really, it starts with just picking up the phone. Give me a call, 532-7410, extension 4006, or send me an email. Uh, go to our website. I, I think we can do a lot for this community. And we have been as successful as we are because of the generosity, the volunteers, our board members. So yes, ma'am, we are looking for those individuals. We got you. So they can go on Amazon and buy a part, be a part of your wish list as well? Correct. So if they go to our website, they'll see the link for our Amazon wish list. There are items that we're, we're looking for uh, for one of our clubs. There are some furniture needs uh, that we have. We want to make sure that the kids have nice things. You know, typically our, our kids, in all honesty, most of them, they're, they're used to the hand-me-down or the used things, and really, they deserve the best. And so we want to make sure that when they walk through our doors, it's, it's a great place to be. It's a cool place to be. It's got some innovative and interesting things. So there's furniture pieces. There's technology. There's supplies. There, there's a lot on that Amazon wish list. Okay. Click of a button can change a life. Just click the button. Just click the button, right? Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so at Talking Nonprofits, our goal is to connect nonprofits to the community. In your own words, what is community to you? I think uh, in my own words, community to me is uh, love. Community is coming together. Community is working together to, to make a difference. Uh, that's what we do. Oh, you know, El Paso is a very strong community. Think of all the difficult things that we've faced recently with COVID, with the August shooting, and yet El Paso stands together, right? We, we, are, we are those people that in, in good times and in bad, we're, we're a family. And that's what makes El Paso unique. And that's what makes El Paso a great place. So it's that sense of how are we going to come together how are we going to work together to make El Paso a better place uh, for individuals that live here, for the children of this community, right? For the future, all of those things. It's, it's everyone coming together and, and getting the work done, making El Paso the great place that it is. That's community. Okay. 
Thank you, Tony, for being a part of the podcast. You've brought a lot of great information, and I hope that listeners will go on Amazon and donate to the Boys and Girls Club because you know what? We, we have to make an impact in our in our youth lives and even volunteer or be on the board. There's so many ways to make an impact in a young person's life. So thank you for being on the podcast and have a great day. Thank you for having me. Join me each week to learn about a nonprofit's journey by subscribing to Talking Nonprofit wherever you receive your podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. And as always, if you have any questions or would like to be featured on the show, send a note via the contact form on our website. Until next time, be the difference.